guess if true love was easy, we'd all have it. Welcome to Storybroke. Miserably ever after. Today we are reviewing season one, episode three, Snow Falls. Snow Falls. Now I'm just going to say, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We've been going very detailed, scene by scene by scene, which is exactly what we said we didn't want to do in the very exactly first episode. What we <laughs> so what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to see how it works with the basic plots being a little more detailed. And then we're just going to jump on the things that we liked or didn't like. Exactly. Now this episode, I'm just going to say straight off, I texted Mads yesterday saying, we have a problem. I like this episode too much. I don't know what I can rant about. I I always have things. There um, are things. You know, I think uh, we're both here and steeped in Cajun culture, so we will always find something to complain about. If we're it's... not complaining, we're dead. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I have some I have a few costuming nitpicks. There were some costuming nitpicks. There's also some really cool um, trivia about this episode that we can get into that I want to talk about. But um, before we get too into it, uh, let's do the plot synopsis. Here's the basic plot. Once upon a time, a carriage containing a dutiful prince and his less than amused fiance was ambushed along a bumpy road. The brave prince chased down the thief, but she hit him with a rock leaving a scar, which was very convenient, and ran off into the woods. Prince Charming tracked her down, and they made a deal. She'd help him get back his mother's ring, which she'd sold to the bridge trolls, and he wouldn't turn her over to the queen. Snow White agreed, and the two set off together on a quest that started as begrudging, but thanks to some mutual life-saving and feats of strength, ended in a spark of love. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Henry is convinced that a coma patient John Doe is Prince Charming, and only Mary Margaret can help him wake up. She reads the troll adventure of Snow White and Prince Charming to him, and he briefly flickers to life before returning to his coma. That night, he wakes and escapes from the hospital. Mary Margaret and the crew finds him unconscious at the old toll troll bridge, and she wakes him with a life-saving kiss. Upon returning to the hospital, They find that Regina has found his missing wife, Catherine, who thought that his many years of silence was because he'd left her. Isn't that convenient? Oh, and Emma moves in with Mary Margaret. Good call. All right. Yeah, so we open for the first time. Is it the first time? But we... uh... The very first shot is a white carriage going through a forest. Yeah, we open in the enchanted forest. We have a, a white carriage, like going across and it's like oh this is great we see prince charming and he looks very handsome and he's lovingly staring out into the woods and he asks his darling if she loves it and there's a blonde lady there yeah who's this queen Um, (laughs) i don't know but uh the prop department didn't care much for her jewelry choices no i have in my notes the exact same thing as you which is angry girlfriend's earrings courtesy of claire's as i i put i've written claire's jewelry and i also put a uh, bitchy blonde princess with mall accessories and she's just like angry for no reason she does say something that gets brought back later it's like why yeah. didn't we take the troll road why didn't we take the troll road oh uh, yeah and he's like this is a scenic route it's yeah, pretty it's very scenic it's, it's, it's lovely there's a a broken branch in the middle of the road or like a whole 
a whole tree, you know? I love how I love how he's like, it's an ambush. And when I think of ambush, I think like lots of people. And he says it's an ambush. And one person hops off the carriage, steals a bag and runs away. Yeah. While bitchy princess yells bloody murder. Yeah. That's I'm like, yeah, that's a hell of an ambush there. There's the there's ambush. a whole person. I mean, like, let's let's think about it. They got off pretty easy because it could yeah. have been a real live ambush. Yeah. So well, he-, he, he did have a sword. And uh, he has his guards, which we know are good guards because one, we can see their faces, mm-hmm. and two, they're wearing white, yeah. which we're not going to read too much into. Well, it's 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 the same as Regina's office. It's the yeah. same thing as Regina's office. Everything is either good or evil, right yeah. or wrong, black or white. There's no gray area. <laughs> the color gray and gray areas do not exist on this show. So I, I think I think we should stick with this plot for let's just tell this story. Okay. Is that going to throw you off? Uh, because it jumps around a lot, and it really doesn't need to. These two don't intertwine yeah, as much. They don't. They me. don't intertwine. Yeah, let's let's do it. These two don't intertwine as much for me, and so let, let's bear with. Let's try something new today. It's episode three. So he knocks her off the horse, and he finds out she's a girl. You're a g- 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 girl, a woman, and then she hits him with a rock in the face. Yeah, which is so convenient because he needs to have a reason to have this. He, he not a huge scar. I didn't even notice he's the first time I watched scar. it. Yeah, he's got a little small chin scar, mm-hmm. which uh, they just use, and and it's it's a signifying identifier to him from yeah. from here on out. He has a bloody face for the rest of the episode. Yes. So she she gets away, and we find out Snow White has been living in a hovel where she's been stealing before he says it for the first time at this <gasps> moment. Before we go to Snow White, as she's running away, he yells. Wherever you are, I will find you. Very important. Yes. Very important. Because he says it again whenever he comes into this next scene. Yes. Uh, Snow's picking up. It turns out she's been like thieving all over the place. She's got bejeweled chalices. And it makes sense that her wig looks that rough because she's been living in a tree stump hobble. We also get to see a quick shot of Chekhov's Renfair glitter bottle, uh, which we'll get some uh, exposition on in a few. I mean, I do love a good Renfair glitter bottle, man. I love a good Renfair glitter bottle. Honestly, there were several of the things from this episode that I was like, man, some Renfest vendor just made bank when this oh, show yeah. opened. There Those- was so much where I was just like, I've seen that at LARF and it costs $15. I've seen that pouch. That's one of the expensive ones. Yes. I I recognized several things and I was like, good going, man. Good, good job. Going. I was proud of those vendors. The costumes look great. Everyone looks good in tight pants. In this. everyone looks great. Everyone in tight looks pants. great in tight pants in this 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 story. Like these two lead characters are gorgeous. Legs. Like yes. Well, yeah, yeah, and boots. I love like, a tight boot. Yeah, uh, we've got lots of tight pants and high boots, and I am. Um, we've got some cinched waists. We have two disaster bisexuals. <laughs> talking about this episode (laughs) so so she walks out of her hovel and she's trapped in a big in a big net and she's greeted by this prince once again who says i told you i'd always find you oh wait that's not romantic it's a theme no and she's like this is the only way you can catch a woman by entrapping her and they trade some barbs and it's a really I appreciate this meet cute. I really do too. I uh, rolled my eyes a little bit. Oh at God, yeah. the, the, There's a corporate joke in there. Yeah, it's not. It's not a takeover. It's a merger. I was like, 
Okay, honey. So it turns out she she calls uh she calls bitchy princess. You know what was it? Oh, the the nag with a bad attitude, which she's not wrong. I was disappointed that they didn't call her the nag with the bag. It's true. That's it's a fair. missed opportunity. It's true. Well, Lost. she she didn't have the bag anymore. It was stolen. oh yeah yeah stolen. The nag who lost her bag. The nag who lost her bag. It turns out that's his fiance, right? Right. And they seem very happy about it. And Snow is very jaded about the idea of true love. She's oh, like, yeah. it doesn't exist. Love at first sight doesn't exist. There's no such thing as true love's kiss. Whatever. Enjoy your merger. He agrees to not turn her over for treason, for ruining the queen's life. Yes. And this is where also she gives him the name Charming. And he says... I have a name. And she does not care. You have never seen a woman not care so much on TV. She even said TV. it. I, I loved it. I wrote it out first, and then she said, I don't care. Charming like, suits you. Yes! <laughs> uh, so I, so they, they agreed. They'll go back. He Apparently, the stuff she stole had a ring that used to belong to his mother that he wants to present to his betrothed. Aww. And she sold them to the bridge trolls. Cool, cool. So they they agree. They'll set off. They have this mutual. I don't. I hate you, but we'll work on this together. Deal. Until she gets thirsty, and kicks him in the groin, and pushes him into the river, and tries to run away. Which is when we see some bad nights, and you can tell by the bad eyeliner. Hey, I know she didn't mean this as a read, but I have in my notes. Oh, I know these people are evil because they wear the same eye makeup as me. <laughs> Also, when when uh, Snow White said she was thirsty, I was like, "Damn, this is Disney." Can you go? Oh, oh, for water. Okay, okay. Whoops. Normally, like charming of the course series, not does doesn't do anything for me. But when he's all like running and in the woods, I'm like, okay. That this scene does some good things for Charming's reputation because it proves that he is a skilled archery marksman. And also very good at throwing knives that go whoop, 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 and, and, and murder people. And he didn't yell this shot. time. And he didn't yell. No, he's absolutely okay with murdering murdering bad knights in the back. Because uh, yes. they were about to cut her heart out for the queen. Correct. We so he, he whoop, whoop, whoops, murders the guy. Yep. And then he sword fights the other guy. And then Snow tries to jump onto a horse, but is grabbed with one. This is a light little lady. Grabbed with one hand and thrown on a horse. Oh, no. And it's, it's, this whole scene is so much more exciting than the witch scene in the previous episode. I want the, uh, the Dark Knight workout routine because you can just lift a whole entire woman and put her on a horse. And I mean, that requires some upper body strength. Without breaking your stride. And that's without breaking your stride. His arm is fully extended. I'm like, that man, like, that's gotta take some work. That man lift lifted because right? then because he soon he soon was taken out by an arrow that they show they take like a whole five seconds to show prince charming like lining up his shot to get the right lead on the arrow to one shot this guy through a whole forest full of trees without hitting anything and just murdering him instantly we don't show the arrow hit his body we just so see the arrow fly and then we see him we hear oh. a noise yeah yeah, yeah. Because this is a family show. <laughs> yeah, we already saw one. We already had a knife to the back. Yes, that's a that that was like their limit. Their that's min- their limit. <laughs> they have some. They have some more murder that comes through later. They had to save some. So he he saves her life because yes. it was the honorable thing to do. And you can see here is where Snow White's first glimmer of a crush forms. Oh yeah, which is where one of our favorite lines comes in. Can we can we do a dramatic reading? Let's here do a dramatic this? reading. Okay. Of this. 
You ready? For what? My jewels. Oh! Right. (laughs) (laughs) I like the episode... They do this, and she just, like, takes a beat, and I'm just, like, snorted, like, so <laughs> Like, every time he said, you stole my jewels, I snorted, because I'm I'm immature. Uh, and I, I just love it, that there was no other way they could write that, because yeah. they have a sense of humor. They do have a sense of humor. This, I find everything in this episode that did make me mad plot-wise was supposed to. Yeah, and, and almost everything plot-wise that felt a little weird they address within seconds it's supposed to feel weird yeah everything like uh they arrive at the bridge the troll bridge um we've switched to the danger desaturated color grading i I have to say that my fun my funniest foreboding for the troll bridge scene is when she's like follow me and stay quiet and the first thing he does when he gets on that bridge is ask a stupid question he asks where are they so first off he's not gonna listen so his talking like they, she manages the trade they're very suspicious of this new person but as long as he keeps his mouth shut everything's gonna be fine so they make the trade to get the jewels back i have some issues with these trolls oh underbite bros they're not trolls okay these are orcs okay they live on a bridge but these are orcs these are meatier than than the trolls i'm used to but I, that's a world of warcraft i mean judgment. they're super they're super meaty and they're also, they're green. They have the tusks. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, whenever whenever she says, I got to get them back from the trolls, Charming's like, oh, those small guys. And she's like, no, those are dwarves. These are bigger. How do you not know this? Well, he's a royal. He doesn't deal with the riffraff. Oh, my God. I was just like, how you live in fantasy world. How do you not? Well, you know, that's what he gets for taking the scenic route. Uh, she yes. also, she also, she also gets him. She's like, I don't understand why anyone was even taking that road in the first place. No one takes it but the queen. Yeah. It was the scenic route. <sighs> so look, she, she and uh, Claire's jewelry princess have something in common. They can both call him out for being wrong. Yes. Good for them. So they get this stuff back. And because we have already established that he cannot keep his mouth shut, he says, thank you so much, which Freaks them out and they find out he's a royal and they attack. There's some fighting and there's some scuffling. They find out Snow White is Snow White and they're going to turn her in for a reward. But then Charming finds his sword and starts being heroic again. And yes. I, I I, enjoy all the heroic stuff. I do too. I was like, finally, violence. I was, I was wanting some again, violence. Every fight scene in this episode was so much better than the witch scene. The witch yeah. fight. And the fight scenes are fairly well choreographed mm-hmm. for, for the show. You know, I'm not expecting the kind of, like, crazy, intricate stuff that we get from, like, a Netflix superhero show. Yeah. It, it looked good. I expected, it was convincing. I expected more bridge rail deaths. Um, I think there was really only one. Okay, so that fantasy Ren Fair glitter thing comes in handy because it's filled with dust that turns all the trolls into roaches. So earlier she- in the episode, sorry, <laughs> earlier in the episode, Snow White had established she was saving that for someone special. And it's very... Clearly that she means she's going to use whatever it is, we don't know at that time, on the queen. But instead, she uses it to save Charming. Because he had saved her, it seemed like the honorable thing to do. So not only do they get his ring back, she gets to keep her gold so that she can go off and find someplace isolated to live by herself and not be bothered by worrying about being killed every day. Good for her. Which is, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. And this... Mutual saving, whenever they're having their very awkward, sweet goodbye, is where their glimmer of love pops up. He realizes he's with the wrong woman. 
Yeah. She realizes that it, she likes this meathead. I, I, I like, uh, I thought this was really cute. When she, when he says, you know, I, I do have a name. Mm-hmm. It's James. And she's like, I like charming better. Yeah. And this time it's, it's a lot sweeter. It's a sweeter one. And he says, if you ever need anything, she said, you'll find me. And he says, always. And I was just like, oh, this is a sweet little fairy tale. It's really sweet. Thank and you. I love the, the progression. And it's, it's economical, you know, it's not dragged out. Mm-hmm. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. We also, uh, earlier in, we get some good banter between the two of them where we establish a little more about Snow White and the Evil Queen's backstory. Oh. Where Snow White says, uh, well, she thinks I ruined her life. Did you? Yeah. And she says, yes. She seems mournful about it. She seems to, whatever, at this stage, we don't know what happened, mm-hmm. but whatever it was, she very clearly regrets it. But the the charges on the posters, which are for treason and these crimes against the kingdom, those those are false. But she is she did do the one thing that the queen says she did. Yes. We don't know what that is yet, even though we know from the previous episode. Also, whenever uh, we hand over the jewels, when she gives the prince back his jewels, oh, she... we get a shot of the ring. We don't see it like... They're super long. She tries it on. So we do have like a shot. She tries it on her not married hand. On her not married hand. On her not married hand. She tries it on and they both have these meaningful looks for a second. And that I love, I love how much this show uses meaningful looks. Yes. Because I use meaningful looks across the room to Mads all the time and they can, they can read my face by this point. So meaningful looks mean a lot to me. If I'm wearing a mask, I can I can uh, it's, see your face. It's my eyebrows. It's why I have all the wrinkles in my forehead. I'm very <laughs> expressive. So they say goodbyes, and as Snow walks away, Charming watches her walk. And right as he turns around and starts walking away, she turns around. So they just miss each other, and they go their separate ways. <sighs> and it's such a sweet story, and I don't have a whole lot to rant about except the troll underbite bros. Yeah, um, their makeup is is weird. Like they're they're scary. It's very clear that one of them has makeup because uh, makeup designed to hold up to a speaking role. Yes. And the other's makeup is is not as well done. Like Voldemort comes out from under the bridge just to grab Charming's ankle at yeah, one point. Yeah. I didn't know what happened. I was just like, oh, this guy's here. But for the most part, this part of the episode is really well done. And uh, it, it was... It, it's cut yeah. and dry and it's a good standalone fairy tale. And I appreciate that because it sounds like something that could come out of the book. Yeah. Before we get into the uh, story, Storybrooke side of the episode, I actually wanted to talk about something. <laughs> if the original plan for this series had gone through, we have a we have a lost recording of, from our first uh, episode where we we kind of talked about this. Initially, the plan was for David Nolan. We'll, we'll find out his name later. Um, Prince Charming to to die in the first episode. And they decided, one, they liked the actor, but two, and more importantly, the show has a theme of hope and optimism. And they felt that 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 undermined the idea they had for the show and for the arc Mm -hmm. of the series to do that. And I'm really glad they did because we got 
this really good episode. It's so sweet. I like this episode so much. And I love the interplay between sassy Snow White and, and like, sort of pretentious Prince Charming. And without giving too much away, they soften him later in some good ways, too, Mm -hmm. that I appreciate. Though it doesn't always make sense exactly with how they portrayed him at the beginning. Yeah, he's a little douchey. He's a little, well... He's a lot douchey. He's playing a role. Yeah. He's he's playing a role. He's not the douchiest man in this episode. He's nego... No, he's not the douchiest man in this episode. So, uh, let's see if we have anything else to say about the Once Upon a Time part. And when I say that, I mean it's notebook time for me. For me... I thought that the whole thing was well shot, well well framed. There's uh, one weird little moment during the fight scene near the beginning when the carriage is being overtaken where you can see a guy on a blue ball cap. Oh, I missed I had, that. I've got the eagle eye for I like weird that. continuity errors, but I was like, uh, hey, buddy. <laughs> there, there was this one moment where I thought that the, the prince was a little too forward with Snow White. It's when they are talking about the, the glitter chamber of fairy dust around her neck. And it, the way that it is, it's a pendant and it's resting right between her boobs. Yep. And he goes to grab it and just grabs right between her boobs to get it. And I was like, rude. That's rude. You don't know this woman. She could, th- she's going to throat punch you. And she didn't because now he had the fairy dust and could, you know, yeah. turn her into a bug. Otherwise, I really didn't have anything to talk about. It was a sweet little meet cute. I like that they didn't like each other. But they had good reason to like each other. It wasn't. It didn't come out of nowhere. So let's talk about Snow's bad date. Oh man, poor Snow is on a date with this doctor that looks like Phil Collins. Yeah. I mean, no, no offense. I like Phil Collins, but this is the douchey version, like the evil version of Phil Collins on this date. And he is just so they're on a date, and she's talking about wanting kids and to get married and have a family and true love which i will say this is a lot for a first date it's a lot for a first date but you get to a certain age and you got to get it out there yes and at the same time he is full-on eye-banging ruby who is wearing the shortest shorts that i didn't even know these were allowed in public places (laughs) i have shorter shorts but still but you wouldn't go to work in them no well, at the diner. No. At the diner, no. <laughs> but you know, it's like, dude, dude, you're in public. Like this is it's, this is gross. It was it was awful. And the fact that she left so sad, I don't think was a reflection of that she had hopes on him. It shows me that she has probably been on so many dates exactly like this cuz this is the only restaurant in town. And how many and how many awful people are there in this town? It's part of the curse, obviously. She yeah. can't have her happy ending. She can't find true love. But I will say this, that this show loves a, uh, a scene opening with legs. Oh, yeah. Because as soon as she says, check, please, and cancels the date, the very next shot is her legs sadly walking legally down the street. Yeah, people's legs sadly legally walking somewhere or aggressively legally walking somewhere. That's this show's Quentin Tarantino feat shot. I'm not mad about it. Uh, no. I'm a leg man. <laughs> so I appreciate these shots. It's it's nice, but it's also just like, okay, this is this is our almost like our framing device for time has passed because they do use this. They do use this a lot. They use it two episodes in a row, but it, it's with two distinctly different characters, and yeah. the tone was different for both of them. I, I appreciate that. So she finds him in a car looking for a place to live, offers to give her a place to stay. This was a big thing for me. Yeah. So Emma says, "Oh God, what is she?" Emma says. That she's better on her own. Straight up, 
from her delivery of that line, she does not believe that. No. It sounds oh, no. very much like she's she's punishing herself from something that we, the audience, aren't aware of. Mm-hmm. But it really it hurt. You know, I felt really bad for her. And you see it from Mary Margaret that she knows there's more to it. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm really hoping that we get into that in also, the near future. Also, who wants to move in with their mom when they're 28? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm going to move in with my mom. I'm 28. My mom's also 28. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 we're going to have to talk about dating. It's going to be interesting, you know. And they, they talk about how true love doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Mary Margaret is just as jaded as we saw Snow White was in the opening. Yeah. The next day, uh, we do a quick cut over forward to the hospital where she has to go. So they had a horrible date. But she still has to see this oh, guy. Oh, God, that's right. It's so... Her, her her class has a field trip where they're decorating the hospital for the patients yeah. to cheer them up. And he, uh, this comatose patient, who's a John Doe, no identity, no insurance. Henry's about to touch his face, is all we know. Yeah. <laughs> but I gotta say, this guy has a nice, private room, well lit. I'm like... What in the American healthcare system is happening here? I'm super jealous because I. There are reasons later. There are reasons later. There are reasons later. Also, it's a tiny town. They don't have that. You know, they don't have any coma patients. But it's just like interesting. Yeah. So Henry asks who this guy is. uh, Who's Miss? What's wrong with Mister Doe? Is he okay? Oh, that's not really his name. You know, that's just what they call him. So he doesn't have any family or friends. No one's claimed him. Do you know who he is? Uh, Henry be less obvious. And He's here, adorable. Here is but, my main uh, gripe of this episode. And Henry is written... The way Henry has written this episode is specifically written to continuously break Mary Margaret's heart. Every time she tries to, like, ground herself, every time she tries to, like, reground herself in what she considers reality, he whips her back into this romantic frenzy. And every scene, you progressively see her heart break more and more. And it was hard for me to watch. That's why I liked this episode so much. <laughs> I just wanted to slap the 10-year-old. <laughs> Which, yeah, she's, I, I thought this was also like a great thing for a teacher to be doing. You know, she says she's been volunteering here for a while. She's taking them on this field trip. It's, it's a, I think it's like a great opportunity for these kids to actually like Oh, look, they're they're learning about like how they can make an impact on their community and yeah. how to care for people in their community that need help. And I'm just like, oh, that's such a good message. Yeah. Mary Margaret, you're I'm, so pure. She's so sweet. Like so, the freshly fallen snow. Wait. Oh. Oh. And so they put banners up. That's very important. They have yes. banners all over the walls. They put banners up. They decorate. So we advance a little further and Henry is telling Emma... Oh, I found your dad. I found your dad. It's the coma guy. So what we need to do is wake him up. And how we're going to do this is we're going to make Mary Margaret read this story to him in his room. Yeah, great idea, right? And Emma Emma looks reluctant and she goes, okay, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll do it my way. But yeah. Which takes Henry by storm. Like he's completely confused that this actually worked. Oh, Oh, so she she goes over to Mary Margaret's house and says, look, I need you to do this because it's the easiest way to convince Henry that none of this is real. Because if you do this and he doesn't wake up, he'll have to see that it's not a storybook. Yeah. And she does point out that he believes John Doe is Prince Charming. And Mary Margaret knows that he believes she is Snow White. And she's like, 
Oh, okay. I'll I'll try it. Because so. true love doesn't exist. So yeah. we'll we'll help him see that. And Emma Emma is taken aback by this. She's like, yeah, something. Something like that. So I appreciate Emma not quite being as like grave yeah. about love. It's almost out of character for her. But uh, all of the cast that we've had so far that we've really focused on is taking a backseat in this episode. Yeah. For Up until this point, we have focused almost exclusively on, on Emma and Regina. Even when the story isn't about Emma we and we're doing the flashbacks to Regina last episode, we still got her point of view for most of the episode this is the first time we've switched to a different character's pov and i really liked that we focused on mary margaret snow white the plot is so much more focused than the previous two the previous two had to establish what was going on so much and they were able to just like do this really tight episode where they're focused in on this character and her relationship to this other character and storytelling wise i love a a a focus on a relationship tight tight but yeah so she goes she reads to him and i think i'll get ready for my date then i guess i'll have to do most of the talking <laughs> this is out that's definitely not the thing i've ever had to deal with <laughs> do most of the talking so, on a date so she reads the story of the bridge troll that we just explained it's the same story like there's this beautiful moment at the very beginning where she's talking about how the other princess is waiting for how long how many more boring minutes are going to pass while he runs off after this thief like it's it's fun the way that they wrote the story they already showed us yes and i love that when she says the line or when she's about to say the line no matter what i'll always find you in the book that's when hand grabs her hand he holds her hand i don't know why this startled me i was just like ah. <laughs> It's really, it's really sweet. It's really cute. And it shows he's waking up. And we do a quick cut over to the doctor gaslighting her. Yeah. Super gaslighting her. Ugh. Dr. Phil Collins is the worst. I hate Dr. Phil Collins. Damn you, Dr. Phil Collins. They keep calling him Dr. Whale. And I keep saying that's not his name. Uh, (laughs) It's Dr. Phil Collins. Dr. Phil Collins. And whenever I remember, I remember when this show first came about, I was like, is he supposed to be the Pinocchio reference? What is, I was very confused as to why they called him Dr. Whale. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just a name they picked. He's a whale because he blows. Oh! Uh, Oh, that's a good one. I love it. Oh, thank you. Uh, So... So he convinces her nothing happened. She probably imagined it. She probably fell asleep while reading. I mean, come on. Who does yeah. that? And as soon as she walks away, he calls Regina. Yup. To say there was a little bit of a fluctuation in brain activity on John Doe. Who was there? Who found him? Oh, it was Mary Margaret Blanchard. And then Regina grasps the phone in a way I have never grasped a landline before. I don't I don't know. It was like it was like a Wiimote. It's the way you hold your phone when you have to act very hard that you're shocked about this. I thought she I thought it was gonna be one of those images where it like crushed and like exploded in her hand from grasping it. She didn't even hang up on the man, she just grasped the phone. Yeah. Um, well at this point in the show we've seen no magic in Storybrooke. You know, this so. is the closest to magic we've seen. And this is whenever I start wondering, oh, so does she actually realize it? Because I'm still uncertain if Regina remembers that she's the evil queen. I think that even if you, if like I've established very clearly, I I think she she knows this whole time. Oh yeah. But if you don't, They're, they write it in a way that you're not supposed to exactly know. Right. But I think you can really clearly tell. 
because when she's winning, she talks like an evil queen from a storybook. Yes. Like <laughs> she has these line deliveries and she does a great job with them, but they're like, she has to say, oh, I'm ever so happy. And I'm just like, no one talks like that. To Sam, are these they who talks like that? Out of the way. Okay, mayor. <laughs> okay, mayor. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? So the next morning they're at the diner. And Emma's like, don't get your hopes up, Henry. Mary Margaret walks in and goes, he woke up. And Henry says, let's go read to him again. She said, okay. And they run off. Yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, her outfit for the rest of the episode is, I love. I love the cerulean cardigan. <laughs> I, I, I really like this kind of starched lace It's her top. Saturday outfit. It's really cute. Yes. I'm like, this is a really good outfit. Her Saturday for you. outfit, she gets to wear pants. She gets to wear pants on Saturdays. Thank you. It's they run to the hospital and there's so much commotion. They're like, oh, it did it. He woke up. And Graham's like, we got a problem. He's gone. And then we see right behind Graham, Regina is there because she happens to be his emergency contact. Very quickly, they establish, oh well, she found him. And I'm like, okay, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're keeping she found things him. covered. She doesn't know any of his family. She she saved his life. She's basically footing the bill for this man. Right. And that's how he's getting this room. Which, how nice of her. She's just so kind and exactly. sweet and generous. She's not an evil queen. Look, she put him in this But extreme. then she grabs Henry by the arm so roughly that I got mad. Yeah. Because he was supposed to be at the arcade and she grabbed him by the arm and I get that she's mad because here he is hanging out with this woman she specifically forbid him to hang out with again who's wearing her shirt. Oh yes, we didn't establish <laughs> the last scene. But uh, Emma is, for reasons that aren't specified, she needed another shirt. So she is wearing- She's been living in her car. She's been living in her car. She is wearing Regina's pajama top from it last is. episode. I'm so glad you noticed that too. I'm it's- like- that's a pajama top. It's the, it's it's the really... silk pajama top that she was wearing when she was reading the book. And I was like, oh, he just took that out of the dirty laundry. <laughs> it's good. She'll it's... never notice. She'll, She'll never notice, notice. Immediately. Oh, yeah. They, the scene where Regina walks in, before she has a line to give to Emma, you see her like looking Emma up and down like... <laughs> and it's another, it's another line I have a problem with is when she's leaving and she says to Emma, enjoy my shirt. Because that's all you're getting. Because it's once again implying that she sees Henry as a possession. Oh, God, yeah. As a thing to be owned, as opposed to a proto-human. That, that you know, that's what I call children. Because they're <laughs> almost people. They're becoming humans. <laughs> I, yeah. I would like to point out, uh, that was Mad saying that. Please don't at me. <laughs> no, feel free to at me. I like, I like children. <laughs> I can't have children because I don't want them. <laughs> so they go to the security room and they're looking at some footage and they're like, look, he was there all night. We don't know what happened, where he went away. Emma uses her sleuthy sleuth eyes to notice that the banners that the children put up aren't on the walls. That's the wrong tape. And this is when we get our Disney edgy back and forth because the only two employees who were there were um, Leroy and a security guard. Leroy, we've established, is grumpy. Security guard is sleepy. Clearly. Clearly sleepy. He's yawning the whole time. So when they discovered the tapes have been changed, Grumpy laughs. He's like, oh, you fell asleep on the job again? He's like, oh, you're, you're, you're ratting me out? At least I don't drink on the job. <laughs> and that's our edgy Disney line of this episode. Other than the jewels bit. Oh, the jewels were, well, the jewels were sweet. Also, this is the most that any actor on this show 
looks like their Disney counterpart up until this point because Sleepy looks like Sleepy. Yeah. I mean, with the five o'clock shadow, but th- this guy looks like the drawing. The, the dwarves? The dwarves are like some of my favorite casting. <laughs> they they show up every now and then and they're some of my favorites. Like Leroy ends up getting some good arcs and I'm happy that he sticks around. So we discovered that John Doe has run off into the he woods. He just took off by himself. He yeah. ripped out his cords and ran off in the direction of the woods. Now I'm going to say something that's going to make me sound like a pervert, um, but I am, so I'm going to say it. I really noti- I noticed very hard that when they showed him walking in his hospital gown, the camera cut away before he turned. So that we couldn't see the opening in the back of the gown. So we couldn't see his butt. Damn. I know. He looked so good in those tight pants. I know. I want to see his butt, but this is ABC. Again, I am uh, I am a pervert of note. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so we go out into the woods, and there's a deleted scene here where oh. um, Mary Margaret is convincing Emma to let her tag along. It was cut for time, and honestly, it's not necessary. There's not really a need to ask it. I don't feel like once they're out in the woods, I'm asking, why is Mary Margaret there? No. So it's not one that we notice is missing. Unlike Henry walking up. He just like bursts up. And we get some we get some ADR of him explaining why he's there. It was another beautiful moment of an uncomfortable question didn't have to be answered because Henry barged in. Like that this kid is basically the epitome of being saved by the bell. He just lumbers into things because Mary Margaret was asking entirely too many questions that were making Emma uncomfortable. Yeah. About why she why she got into her profession and has she always been looking for people? And Henry told me you were adopted. Have you been looking for your parents? Did you ever find them? And Emma's like getting really freaked out. She's like, Oh, it depends on who you ask. And Henry barges in. It's also a a a bit of dialogue in the show that I felt was out of character for Mary Margaret. It wasn't right in the place. Yeah, she's usually very intuitive about people in the show, and she's, she's very good at reading people and, and picking up on their social, those social cues. And she was not here. They needed to get this this established, mm-hmm. but it's definitely it was, there just to get it established. And, it, and the, it depends on who you ask on if you found your parents is a funny line. <laughs> it's a good line. I like that line. That she wouldn't understand. It's one of those things where I, I read it as... Well, she's nervous. Yeah. And so she might as well talk it out. Uh, Graham's doing his thing and they don't want to get in his way. But Henry shows up. His mom dropped him off and then immediately left. Yeah. And it's like, what was she doing? And that's a line. The first couple times I watched it, I completely missed it. But whenever I was taking notes, I was like, oh. So that's why it was so easy for him to leave. Because she dropped him off, said, stay here. And then went off to do something. Something. But then we find, we end up, we we track, we track, we track, we track. We track down this man lying in the river. Face, yeah. Face down, soaking. Not breathing. Not breathing. Though in between, pulling him out of the water and Snow White beginning, Mary Margaret giving him CPR, he does manage to get his uh, hospital gown dried, which is very convenient for him. That's great. Yeah. I was like, oh, look, it's dry now. It must be nice to live in a place that's not humid. I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's because it was, um, it's kind of see-through when it's coming out of the water mm. and it probably looked bad on camera. Yeah. But I'm just like... They're different shots. Or they were cold. They had to warm him up. It's <laughs> yeah. probably what happened. But I was just like, this dude is like dry now. And at this point, at this point, we have watched Mary Margaret unravel because of Henry constantly saying, he's looking for you. He's out here looking for you. You need to stop looking for him and let him find you. She's starting to unravel. She's starting to buy into it. And as soon as she finds him and she tries to wake him up, she's like, I found you. We found you. I found you. Come back to us. And then she whispers, come back to me. And then she, she does chest compressions and she starts CPR, but then it ends up being a kiss. 
and he wakes up, which is uh, unethical. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not a doctor, so. Yeah, and there's a there's a show note here that they had gotten a CPR trainer to show her how to give CPR properly. And, uh, and then did she just beat his chest? And then they wound up doing what they did instead because it looked better on camera. Yeah, it was more uh, dramatic. I think it was uh, Emma who was on House before this. Yes. So she took on that kind of part where she's like, this is how we did it on this show because it looks better on camera. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes reality is worse. <laughs> you mean most times? 2020! Yeah, it's 2020. Sometimes <laughs> things just don't look good on camera so, and you have to take allowances. So so they have this beautiful eye contact moment where it's, it's snow and charming. It's snow and charming and their modern haircuts. You saved me. And she's like, you're okay. Who are you? I don't know. Charming's hair is the same in the past. Yeah, well, he didn't. Yeah, they've been giving him haircuts. Yes. In his bed. So that's all they can do for him. They get him back to the hospital. They're so excited that he's coming awake. He's getting checked on and a blonde woman runs in straight into his room calling David, David, that's my husband. And Regina's there looking smug because somehow, conveniently, she found this man's wife. And this is the plot hole that I could rage about, but it was specifically written to make me rage about it because Emma rages about it yeah. immediately. So we get this interesting scene where, um, oh God, what was her name? Charlotte? Catherine. Catherine. Where Catherine is talking about how hard it's been. And Emma seems really thoughtful during this whole scene about how they would be alone. But it's also, there's a moment where I think something Catherine says pings her her spidey sense. Mm -hmm. I also want to point out that at this point, Mary Margaret is even more heartbroken than she already was. Yeah. And she asks, why did it take you so long to find him? And she's like, well, we had had a fight and he was leaving me. And so he left and I just thought he didn't want to talk to me anymore. I thought he was gone. I thought he left me. I'm just like, Never signed the divorce papers. This seems sus. It seemed very sus. And Emma says, this seems sus. You wouldn't put him in the newspaper that there was a John Doe? You, how did you find this one? You went from knowing no family to suddenly finding his wife. His yeah, estranged they, wife. They have an aside. And Regina points out that, well, she figured it out because of what Emma did. They looked back at some of the old tapes and they found, which I gotta say, what is the the policy in this hospital not paying attention to comatose patients. Mm -hmm. that That's suspicious. That's us. <laughs> but, you know, she's like, oh, well, you know, thanks to you, we came up with a new idea. And that's and like the most her. offensive compliment. Like the way she delivers it oh, yeah. is like, oh, well, this, what you did was a stroke of brilliance. I, <sighs> I think she is trying to genuinely compliment Emma, but also uh, no, rub no, it in. I absolutely don't think <laughs> she is at all. I think that it is her way of gaslighting her. It's absolutely manipulation once again. But and there is a key moment, and this is again what makes me think at this stage that there's something amiss here, which is when uh, Regina says, why would Miss Nolan lie? And this show has a very particular use of the word lie, and we have established specific rules around... Mm -hmm lying it's very pointed that that is what is said and then she says the other thing that drives emma to have some character development at this stage of the show which mm -hmm. good for you not having someone that's the worst curse imaginable yeah and i would like to also point out that the reason that Catherine and david nolan had a fight and split up oh the cat is going to cry at the door the reason that Catherine and david nolan split up uh according to Catherine was they had a fight and she was 
always down on him about everything. She wasn't supportive. Everything was her fault because she was such a shrew, basically. <laughs> Which sounds so made up. Yeah. But it also sort of sounds like someone who's thought entirely too long about a mistake. So I get it. If you stop seeing what the reality was and you start just blaming yourself. Yeah. So I get it. And so, of course, Lady Who Detects Lying doesn't feel good about any of this plot. And neither do we. But we're not supposed to. But that's where they have to leave it. So we pan down outside. Mary Margaret is holding the ring. The ring. The ring from the, the Enchanted silver Forest. The ring with the green gem. And she's spinning it on her finger and thought. And then we pan to her house and she's sitting on her steps in her beautiful little warehouse house. Still doing it. And there's a knock on the door. It's Emma. So finally, we see the superpower starting to wake back up again. She has stopped believing the best in everybody. And that's nice. But she still believes the best in some people. Which is why she knocks on Mary Margaret's door that night. Sorry, Elaine was talking and I was completely enamored and distracted with my beautiful cat, Rufus. He's such a handsome boy. We'll have to post pictures of him on the page. He's so pretty. Oh. Okay, yep. So we move back in with mom. We move back in with mom. Mom greatly fully takes her in because she doesn't know she's her mom. Yes. Why would she be? They're the same age. <laughs> yep. And it's sweet. And I, I love this. I love that she has a home base. Yeah, and I love that this is where the episode ends. Yes. It's it's a good it's a it's a big step for Emma. Yes. I think it's her beginning to realize that she's been much like the people in this town, she's been kind of living in a daze. Just and making it. She's She's been, she had a very, very nice apartment. Which I guess she must own because she's not worried about paying rent on it or emptying it or anything like that. Yeah, she just, well, I'm staying in this town for a while. Not a whole long while, just a while. She's got to have some money put away. Well, you know, she had a pretty lucrative career running to Vegas and chasing people. Oh, yeah. So, in review, what are we rating this episode? Oh, let's say, um, Rinfair Glitter Bottles. I give this five... Chekhov's Rinfair glitter bottles out of five. This was a great episode. Ding, same. I, yeah. I, I'm not even going to say the whole thing all over again because, yes, five five out of five of those things. I, I just like saying Chekhov's glitter Rinfair bottles. It had to get used. If it wasn't there, it was going to drive us crazy if it didn't yep. get used. We're going to tear it apart. You know, there there's some uh, there's some odd cuts and choices, but for the most part, they're covered really quickly and really well. And I really appreciated that. Uh, my, my kudos to the writers, because like I said, everything that was actually rant worthy was intentionally rant worthy in this. They got me good. This may have been the episode that really got me into it. I think so. Like this was a really just overall strong episode. Probably so far, it's definitely the best episode. It's the most focused. It's the most well designed. It left me mad and suspicious. Yeah. And it made me want to know more about the world, yeah. which mission accomplished. Best dressed. So normally, best dressed, I mean, we've already said it, it's Regina. Normally, it's Regina. But we didn't see a lot of her. She was just in her mayor clothes, which was nice. It was a pencil skirt and a jacket, which was a nice look. But Mary Margaret was killing it this episode. Mary Margaret was killing it. For me, best dressed this episode was when Mary Margaret went into that diner again in that in that blue cardigan and that white, that white lace top. I, I thought it looked really good on her. It was a good choice for the character because it still fits into this sort of um, Mary of Magdalene yes. coloring that they use on her a lot and with the blues and the whites. As someone who used to work at a camp in the woods, I'm so glad she didn't end up running through the woods in a skirt and flats. 
Like, she got to wear pants, so we didn't have to worry about, you know, ticks and chiggers <laughs> and all the little creepy crawlies that come out. And yeah. Oh, they call them red bugs. Oh, is that what they call them? Outside of here, they call them red bugs. Oh, I hate them, whatever they are. Oh, they're the worst. But yeah, it was great. So, game time. Okay. Okay. As we've established, Emma can always, always tell when someone is lying. But Elaine always believes everybody because she's a little (laughs) naive. So this is two truths and a lie. These are all facts about the show, except one. Despite how well-received this episode is overall, this is actually Jennifer Goodwin's least favorite episode of the season (gasps) as she feels it sets her character up as a villain. Mary Margaret's statement to Emma, I'm a teacher, not a nun, refers to the fact that in the original script, Mary Margaret was, in fact... A nun. While shooting one of the hospital scenes where David and Mary Margaret are in his room, Joss Dallas kept falling asleep. Jennifer Goodwin and the crew attempted to prank him by sneaking out and sending someone in to say it was 6 a.m. the next day. (laughs) So two of these are actual things and the third is not. So we've got... As much as we loved this episode, she hated this one. And I can see that. I can see yeah. her because she admits to the thing and she's been stealing. And then the second one was that she was supposed to be a nun. I'm yeah, just well, recapping for myself. I was going to say, and also she's being set up as the other woman. Oh, God. Yeah, no, yeah. I was absolutely worried about all that um, when I was watching it. I was absolutely upset about all that. But that was the curse. And then the third one. Now, I believe the pranking happened. <laughs> I believe okay. the pranking happened, so I'm going to knock that one off the table. Okay. Because that sounds like a very set thing to do. I've mm-hmm. been in theater a long time. That sounds like a set thing to do. So I'm going to say I'm going to say that the nun thing is a lie. The nun thing is true. What? The nun thing is true. I got that from the Once Upon a Time wiki. This is actually <gasps> Jennifer Goodwin's favorite episode of the series good. she loves this episode good i was sad about that one i didn't want it to be true but i was i was afraid that my own feelings would get in the way <laughs> i put I put more thought into these where i was like what's one elaine's gonna want to not be true i didn't want that one to be true but i was afraid it was because this year has taken it out of me fair so yeah that was two truths and a lie i failed congratulations <laughs> uh you are not the chosen one of this episode that's but- okay Maybe this next episode, week. This episode was the chosen one of this episode. <laughs> this episode was the chosen one of itself. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. So this has been Storybroke. Miserably ever after. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Twitter at StorybrokePod. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're still waiting to get listed on Apple, but Come you can find Apple. us. Come on, Apple. But you can find us on virtually any other platform you're looking for us. It's a fairy tale story. We need to be on Apple. Yes. Ugh. It feels it feels it's, wrong. It's our logo. <laughs> it's our side. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can also find uh, if you enjoyed what you heard here, you can find me at Madison Reads on YouTube, where I review books. Uh, you can also find me at Thirsty for Naps on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Mikathud, M-I-C-K-A-T-H-U-D, or if you just want to look at pretty pictures of people named Elaine, you can go on Instagram and look up hashtag Vain Elaine. There are a couple of us. We're very pretty. Tune in next week when we'll be talking about episode four, The Price of Gold. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. 
Thank you so much. Bye. I gotta find, let me find it so I can read it right. We'll talk later about. We'll talk about your insubordinated. Insubordination. Insubordination. We'll talk about your insubordination later. Do you know what insubordination means? Nodding noises. It means we have to re record this. <laughs> <laughs>